The Mental Pulse podcast provides different perspectives on life as an athlete. Guests reflect on their athletic careers and its impact on their lives then and now. Ultimately, our goal is to help athletes realize that they are more than just their sport. Hi, it's Coach T. Please support the sale of my book, Finding Live. The theme of this book is athletic identity, being more than an athlete. This book focuses on the main character, Olivia, where she realizes that she is more than an athlete and that she likes other things outside of her sport. Her identity is not in sports. If you have a daughter or a son, or if you know of a young kid, this will be a great children's book for them. This book is a great gift for any occasion, birthday, baby shower, Christmas, Easter, or just because. In addition, this is a great book for your child to practice their daily reading. You can find this book on my website, www.thementalpulse.com. Lastly, if you're looking for a speaker for your class, team, or organization to discuss identity development or being more than your sport, please contact me. Thank you so much for your support in advance. Uh, the game make me feel alive. Winning, winning again, that's what's on my mind. Gotta stay focused, always on the mental grind. The mental pose, the mental pose. Welcome to the Mental Pulse Podcast. Today we have with us one of my former basketball players, Miss Sierra Jones. Welcome, Sierra. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you. Thanks for accepting. So, Sierra, to get us started, can you tell us who you are, your background, and your athletic identity story? Yeah, so my name is Sierra Jones. I am 26 years old, technically from Huntsville, Alabama. My dad was military, so we moved here my seventh grade year. I went to Madison Academy for middle school and high school. I was blessed to be coached under you in high school and Coach Privet. Then I went off to Belmont University in Nashville, got my undergrad in Spanish, dreamed for a while to play overseas, and I was able to get the opportunity. I played in uh, Bilbao, Spain, which is it's northern Spain, about two and a half hours from Madrid. After that, I could have kept going, but I decided to go home, and I went to Auburn University to get my master's in Spanish. But then before COVID, I just had a change of heart, and I got into ministry. So I had a, a free ride, actually, to Auburn. I dropped it to get into ministry full-time. So I was working for Chet Williams, who is the current football chaplain for Auburn football, and that was an incredible experience. But then COVID happened, so I came home, and then my old coach, Coach Privet, called me and asked do you want to coach middle school? So I accepted. So I was the middle school coach at Madison Academy. Really loved that. But always said it'd be a dream of mine to coach in the inner city. And I'm blessed that I got the opportunity. And now I'm currently the head coach at, at May Jemison. And I'm still in school. I'm getting my master's at UH currently in English as a second language. And I also teach currently at Jemison and Rolling Hills with ESO. Okay. So talk about when you made that transition to that decision to stop playing plan. How was that decision made? That was a tough decision. I think a lot of people were shocked when I said I was done because it's been such a workhorse and always just basketball was life. But to be honest with you, it was two things. It was one, there in Spain, our practices were at 10 o'clock at night. So from the time I woke up till 10 o'clock at night, I'm a busybody, so I needed something to do. So I went to an all-boys private school 
And I was an English teacher over there and also a sixth grade boys basketball coach. So I would walk like three, four miles, catch the subway, go to that school for like majority of the day. Then I would go to another academy and teach English till about eight o'clock at night, eat my dinner there, catch the subway, then go to practice. So doing that every single day, at one point I was just like, I can do all this back home and make a bigger impact. So that was one. And then two, I just truly felt like my time was up. Like I did what I said. I was going to do. I never said how long. I just said I wanted to be a professional basketball player. And I did that. It just was one year. So was it hard to give it up? I mean, I know you were identified as Sierra, the basketball player. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's what everybody knew you as. So was it hard mm-hmm. to kind of be somebody different, be a different version? Like Serena says, Serena 2.0. It was it different mm-hmm. to be Sierra 2.0 when you came back to the States? I honestly would say yes and no. No, because I was ready for it. I know a lot of athletes, their transition is awful because, say, they got hurt. It wasn't their choice to be done. Or they're a professional athlete and they got cut. It wasn't their choice to be done. But I had the choice to keep going and to stop, and I chose to stop. So in that way, it was easy. And the way it wasn't, it was hard, was just the fact of, okay, what am I going to do now? Like, what is it like to not have to go to practice or not be forced to exercise, basically? That was the hardest part. The transition was, okay, I had to kind of find myself outside of what I've been doing for, what, 19 years. So kind of transition from that, when you made the decision going to ministry, I guess what brought you into that, to ministry? Was it similar to athletics or was the love, the passion the same? Or just tell us more about the ministry decision as well. Yeah, when I was at Auburn, I started going to FCA. Like I heard about it, but wasn't sure if I could do it because, you know, I'm not part of Auburn Athletics. But one of my mentors uh, had a connection to the football chaplain and I reached out to him and he asked me to start just coming by and just check in. I could be kind of like a mentor or whatever. Well, that turned into well, I got a job opportunity for you. And I started to fall in love with being fresh. I mean, I was fresh out of playing, being done to help current athletes going through the same struggles that I did just two years ago or one year ago. I fell in love with it. It kind of replaced the the feeling that I felt of not playing anymore just because I was able to help so many. I mean, I was in charge of, I was like the woman's ministry associate. That was like my official title. And I was just supposed to go to practice. So I like, I went to gymnastics practices, softball, just sports that honestly don't get a lot of love. I went to equestrian. That was really cool. I was able to start a Bible study too, but that was an awesome experience. And I think that's what also helped me transition better just because I was quickly able to be hands-on with athletes that going through the same things that I did. And I'm, I was really fresh out of it. Just, I mean, a few months really. So, so basically it sounds like, you know, we always had devotionals prior to games mm-hmm. um, at Madison Academy. So you basically were that person that was kind of associated with the team for each of one of those teams. Is that what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, at Madison Academy, we did devotionals and we had a person from FCA come in and kind of give a devotional prior to the game or the week prior as well. It don't have to be on the game day, but okay. Understand that. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. You. And it was, it was optional. So like, For softball, for instance, they had a lot of Sunday games. So those who wanted to, they couldn't go to church. So I was the one that came in and did like devotional. And I I love that it wasn't forced. It was, if you want to come, come. And it was just a very open, very chill environment. Okay. So throughout this, all these transitions, right? The transition out of basketball, the transition into ministry. Talk about your support system. What kind of support system did you have? Did you have one? Did you not have one? 
I did. And that was helpful as well. I know, for instance, like my parents, a huge support system. I know that like my dad was very, he's not going to say it, but I know he was very, it was probably a harder transition for him than it was for me. Let's put it like that when I stopped playing, just because they did not miss a game. I mean, my whole college career, I think they missed two games. One of them was like in Colorado. Another one was somewhere else far. Everything else, they were there. And then when I was in Spain, my mom and my sister came twice. They came for Christmas. Uh, no, they came for Thanksgiving and spring break. So I and then my friends, really, really good support system. I mean, especially when I told them that I was done. I mean, a lot of people, they were shocked, but they supported me. And of course, that always helps. We need other people's affirmations. We don't want to admit it because it does help. It makes it smoother, but it is nice to get those affirmations from those you care about the most saying, hey, I support you. What you got next? Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely remember your parents' commitment to the success of your career at Madison Academy. I remember very vividly how your mom, she basically got you on a great diet. She took the mm-hmm. time. I mean, you had your whole meal oh, yeah. every day uh-huh. in bags. <laughs> I mean, just that dedication from your parents was just an eye-opening experience for me. I mean, I think about that type of stuff now, especially being a parent of what I like to do for my son when that time comes. But just the dedication your parents had and the commitment they Mm -hmm. had to your success is pretty commendable so but you're talking about affirmations like that's important especially to an athlete speaking positive to yourself but also having others to speak positive to you as well Mm -hmm. or about you as well can you talk on that yeah that's huge so I know for me I can't stand that saying whether sticks and stones and break my bones the words never hurt me like that's one of the I think biggest lies because words hurt I mean it's in the bible our, our tongue has a power of life or death and affirmations in the same line of that that's coming out of our mouth. So even for me, as when I was in my college and overseas career, those affirmations I need, especially being so far from home, like I wasn't homesick or anything, but it was awesome getting those affirmations from my friends. Even if it was a text or if even it was just like a simple, I'm thinking about you, you're doing great, or just a call, quick second. Those went really far. And especially like when I was struggling in college, I'll say to this day, my three roommates, Christiana, Kayla, and Sunny, they saved me a lot of times. They, they didn't know it. Just for their presence of support, their affirmations of just saying, Sierra, you're going to get through it. You're okay. Like that. If I can encourage any young person or any athlete right now, or even adult, like just making sure you have those people around you that are going to speak life into you, that are going to be real with you. Or if you're messing up or hold you accountable, say, hey, what are you doing? I think everyone needs that. And that's a part of being able to be successful or going after the things that you want and achieving them. I do agree with that affirmations positive affirmations are very vital Mm -hmm. for for our mental as well as our emotional state of being so how do you apply that as you're being a basketball coach at may jemison for the girls basketball team how are you applying that in a day-to-day basis with your team i'm making sure i have the role of being a cheerleader and also just being there so i love them the relationship I have with my girls, they're comfortable coming up to me. Like if they just had a breakup or just something happened at home or just small, little small stuff. Like I'm appreciative that we have that relationship because they need that someone positive. So even I'm I'm big about complimenting, even if it's just like their hair, I notice their hair is different. Like it goes far, just little things. Or you notice that they painted their nails today and usually they don't, you know, small stuff like that. Um, And with coaching, I take it in different ways. It's on the court and it's off court. I'm thankful. I'm there at the school with them and then on the court of being able to give those affirmations in a positive way but still being able to push them and challenge them and hold them accountable I feel like 
if more coaches we got on board with that, man, we see a huge difference just in our our sport of being able to give affirmations, accountability, all in a positive way. Completely understand that and completely agree again with, with that because this day and age kids, this generation of kids, they're a different breed. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they can't take the demeaning comments. Mm-hmm. They can't take the beating down of words as mm-hmm. my generation, the generation before me did. So you have to stay positive. I know when I discipline my son, you know, he gets really mad when, you know, you tell him that he's wrong. And so you definitely have to find ways to kind of spin that he's not correct. So that is very vital for the success of coaches. I feel like these days, because the generation is completely different. They're very fragile and their approach has to be thought out. It can't be, you know, off the hip type of approach with them. You have to really think about what's the best way in, and not just the entire team, each individual person within that team. Because the way you mm-hmm. coach one person, the way you coach another person are completely different. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty, I think that's very important of staying positive to your team, to your players. So one more thing before we get out of here is, all right, is this where you saw yourself when you was a young kid? Like growing up, you, did you see yourself being a professional athlete, just a professional athlete, and then continuing that career? Or did you see yourself doing what you're doing today? That's a really good question. Uh- <laughs> Yes, in ways, no in others. So yes, growing up, I always said I was going to teach, I was going to coach, and I was going to play professional. That was my three dreams. And it's cool at 25, really, last year that that all came true. Like I was at 24, 23, that's when I played overseas. And then last year is when I got the coach head coaching job at Mae Jemison, and then teaching uh, English as a second language now. All that, yes. But what I would say I didn't know how it'd be at is, one, I thought I would have been done with school by now. Uh, I'm not. I wrote a book. I didn't think I would do that. Having a nonprofit, I didn't think I'd do that either. Here recently, I'm getting into being a fitness model. Did not think I'd do that. I still don't like pictures. That's an adjustment <laughs> itself. I mean, I wore makeup for the first time for one shoot and I was so ready to take it off as soon as we were done. All that, I did not expect any of that, nor in the, the ways that it's happened. But I do feel like because I'm on the correct journey that God has for me, some stuff is just, I didn't know God was preparing me for that he's just kind of giving me. So I'm thankful. I am really shocked at some things that have happened that I've received, but also just ready and expecting more at the same time. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I mean, a lot of times we see ourselves as certain things as a young kid because, you know, we don't understand the trials and tribulations that sometimes happens to each of us in our lives. And and sometimes we have to be able to adjust course as people say we have to pivot. And a lot of times what I saw as a young kid is not who I am today. I mean, I can speak that same thing for myself. So, yeah. so I completely understand and agree with what your response was. So Sierra, mm-hmm. I really appreciate having you on today. Really appreciate you joining us on the Mental Pulse podcast. Thank you once again for being here and joining us today. Thank you for having me. I had a good time. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening. Make sure you catch the next episode. Please subscribe to our podcast on the following platforms, Spotify, Apple, and Google. Also, please rate and provide a review of this podcast. Lastly, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mental Pulse. Well, that concludes this episode of the mental pulse